0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you were inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker.
1: got a lot of comments about my tie JP gave it to me no she didn't I'm picking on JP Um, (laughs) okay it looks nice she says thank you one and all for coming we've got a lot of people gone on vacation or work or whatever so just understand that's why we're down today Uh, I haven't counted up but I can guesstimate about 14 to 15 are gone for vacation and And uh, work and other things, so that's why. So don't take it offensive or whatever. We are here, and we want to celebrate Jesus, and we want to hear from and learn of Him. I want to pray that God will help us today, as we sit, as we, as you said, and I stand. Okay, Jesus, we are here, and we need you, Lord Jesus, to be the sermon today. We ask you, Lord, that you would help us, that we would go through it. Of what you have given but that everyone here would sense your Holy Spirit we thank you Lord that we come into your presence wherever we come wherever we are because you are everywhere but let us revel in being in the sanctuary of God to worship the Holy God and experience the Holy Spirit thank you Lord for this time together and we give you praise in Jesus name Amen Across the time of the church history, even ever since Jesus returned from heaven as well as until he comes again, there have been so many thoughts, so many definitions, and so many theological discussions and divisions about various things because there are things in which some groups have one interpretation and, they, and other groups have another interpretation. There are some of those things that uh, we are going to deal with across the weeks. We are thinking about, praying about, and beginning to work toward having a service about God healing us and a biblical perspective of the healing of God. And so we will be announcing that as we go forward. But also about that is this thing that we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of those discussions and even some divisions revolve around the theology of if and as and can we receive the Holy Spirit All at once and we don't need a a, an infilling per se I will share this with you from the biblical perspective even as we have been sharing the experience we call being filled with the Spirit is categorically different from that of being convicted by the Spirit the Holy Spirit the job of the Holy Spirit according to Scripture is to convict the world of sin and to fill the believer with his presence The baptism of repentance comes first, then the baptism of water, and then the baptism of the Spirit, as is evident in Scripture. John the Baptist started preaching the baptism of repentance. He had baptism of uh, water, and then even Jesus, even though he was pure, even though he was holy, even though he was without sin, came and was baptized in the water, and the Spirit of God descended on him so that they would recognize him as the uh, Son of God, because it says, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came as a dove and a voice said, this is my son. Your Messiah has arrived. We then shared from John 14, John 20, Acts 1, and Acts 2, and then throughout the New Testament, the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit is discussed to and for believers. Every time that it is mentioned in the Scripture, if you'll go back to the beginning of those epistles, it is to the saints at various times and sundry churches and yet we are commanded by Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit we are provided by Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit the book of Acts demonstrates it and the apostles wrote of it for the rest of the New Testament it is the position that the Bible stands on i.e. the position and teaching of heart holiness that we want to address today through the life in the life of the believer Cannot begin to cover it in its whole entirety. It is impossible. To cover it in our time, it is impossible, I really believe, for one person to grasp every little nugget and then put it all out there. It starts with the Old Testament, ends at the very end of the New Testament. Dissertations have been written. Master's theses have been written. Books have been written. 66 books of the Bible have been written. So that, I'm just going to share with you, it's not going to get all covered today. But that's okay. The theme of the hour I want to share, the text and the sermon in a sentence. Our theme is just simply this. How can I know, how can I absolutely know that I am filled with the Holy Spirit? I believe that we can know that from the scripture. We have a scriptural uh, way of determining if we are truly filled with the Holy Spirit. The text of the day is a springboard text. It is a cardinal text that we have used across the years. It is a cardinal text that we know, maybe even by heart, for those of us who have been in church for a while. It is found in Hebrews chapter 12. We usually go to Hebrews 12, 14 for it, but I want to back up a little bit and go to Hebrews 12, starting with verse 12 and working through verse 14. Hebrews 12, 12 through 14 verse 12 <coughs> pardon me therefore strengthen your tired hands that hang down and your weak knees verse 13 and make straight paths for your feet so that they so what is weak will not stumble from the Greek there that means to be dislocated to lead you into stumbling and to and lead you into failure so that your lame will not be stumbled but healed instead verse 14 follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The word follow there is to absolutely and adamantly and unceasingly pursue after peace and holiness. Now let's give us our sermon in a sentence. We can, we can experience, know and walk in the life of being filled with the Spirit. We can experience it, we can know that we have it, and we can walk in the life of being filled with the Spirit. Point one is this. The life that is filled with the Spirit has a testimony of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, you know that you've been filled. You can can do it. You know that you've been filled. Acts 1, I'm sorry, point A is Acts 2, 1 through 13. It is a passage that is too long to put on a PowerPoint, and it looks like we're struggling a little bit, so bear with us. But i will read it when the day of pentecost arrived they were all together in one place it's interesting before they got there it said that they met in one accord they met in unity they spent the time in praying and they appealed back to scripture verse two suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the household where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them they were filled with the holy spirit they began to speak in languages as the spirit gave them utterance now there were dwelling in jerusalem jews devout men and every nation under heaven and this sound of the multitude came together they were bewildered they were confused because each one was hearing them speak in their own language they were hearing the apostles speak in the language that they understood now how is it they said we hear each of us in our own native language Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Judea, in other words, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya beyond Cyrene, both Jews, proselytes, Cretans, uh, Arabians, we hear them telling us in our own language and the mighty works of God. And they were amazed, they were perplexed and saying, what does this mean? Ladies and gentlemen, It is an experience, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it is an experience that is, first of all, point A, undeniable. It is undeniable. You know that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. His fire fills your soul. His passion fills your purpose. You know that you know that you know that you know that you have had the Holy Spirit in you, on you, for you, with You. It is undeniable. You can point to the time. You can point that it happened. You not only know that His Holy Spirit came on you, you can know when His Holy Spirit came upon you. It is unmistakable. It is what the old-timers used to call a crisis point of experience. A crisis experience. You know when you surrendered it. You know when it happened. You can point to that time. You may not remember date, time, and second, but you can point to that time. As we get older, we forget dates and times. But we can still remember whens and thats. You remember when it happened and that it happened. It cannot be denied. It cannot be debated. You remember when it happened. When he comes, you are changed. You can be pinpointed to that particular time in your life. You know where the Holy Spirit came upon you. And you can and will point to the place where it was. It may have been an altar like we have here. And we are so blessed to have them. It may have been at the dining room table. It may have been laying in bed. I know two people that it happened while they were in, in, uh, incarcerated. Because they surrendered their lives. And from that point forward they were never the same. And they never went back to jail or prison you know that you know that you know you can and will point to the time of your life when the struggles that you were living in and the battles you were facing had victory over them for you in you with you and 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 from that point on ever going forward that doesn't mean you won't have struggles i want that to be very clear you will still have struggles but fear not i have overcome the world is what jesus has said you can and will point to the unquestionable change That was totally transformation that points from that time forward. I remember my time well. It was in May of 1985. I was sitting at a stop sign. It was about 3.20 in the afternoon. I cannot tell you the exact date as I get older, but I can tell you it was about 3.20 in the afternoon. I was sitting at a stop sign. I was driving an old Ford Granada. Some of you people don't even laugh at me. That thing was a piece of junk it had more rust than it had everything else somebody asked me did I want to have body work done and remove the rust I said it would fall apart if we did that and there was baling wire literally holding the fender on but I was sitting there and on the radio came this song by Phillips Craig and Dean go where the peace is go where the peace is that's where you want to be go where the peace is go where the peace is follow the shepherd's lead doubt and confusion are not from above the fruit of the Spirit is joy peace and love go where the peace is go where the peace is that's where the prince of peace will be and suddenly it broke through the situations did not change the injuries did not completely instantly resolve i had been having some issues going on with various people in various situations and various all kinds of stuff But the peace of God that transcends all understanding descended in on with and for me. I can point to that time. I can point to that time. I can point to that time. There is this thing that we call the Roman road to salvation. In the work of Romans, it gives us how we can become a Christian. I call this the Roman road to uh, the Holy Spirit infilling, or what some people call sanctification. Romans 7, verses 18 through 25. Romans 7, verses 18 Through 25 it gives a struggle that Paul faces it gives a struggle that Paul is in what I want to do I don't do what I don't want to do I do my thought life my uh, other life the things I do I don't even like what I'm doing I want to be something different I want to be someone different I want to have something different but I can't and I don't oh who shall rescue me from this law of sin and death and then it goes into Romans 8 1 through 2 Thanks be to God, thanks be to God, who gives absolute proof there is no longer any condemnation for those who walk after the, not at, who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit, free from the law of sin and death from sin. What do I mean by that? The law of sin is what we are born with. We are born with an innate nature because of the Adamic fall, i.e., when Adam fell. We are born with a nature to sin. From that point, we have spiritual death unless and until we come to the point of confession and being, and being repentant and accept forgiveness. But when sanctification, when the Holy Spirit comes, we are now not only cleansed of that, we are put in with us brand new, brand new spirit that fills us. It's as if we took a bottle of water. I heard this one at camp meeting. Oh, you're going to love this. Not really, because you're gonna go to eat. Karen's gonna say, oh no, not that one. She just raised her eyebrows, that's okay. I'm going to give you a glass of water, and then I'm going to drop a worm in it. You're gonna be wonderfully thrilled, aren't you? It's gonna, thank you. It's gonna swim around, it might do something in the water. But isn't that the most glorious water you ever drank? Or considered drinking? Well, what if I took the water out? You could drink it then, couldn't you? I hope not. It's still the same water that the worm was in. What God does is take our lives, dump out the the carnal nature, dump out the Adamic plague, and make it completely empty and wash us out. Then he fills us with his spirit, a brand newness, complete newness where he takes up residence in us and we are filled with newness because his Holy Spirit fills us from what is emptied of the sin forgiven, cleansed of the sin nature, and then refilled with his Spirit in a clean, new vessel. The last passage in Romans is Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12. 1 through 2 tells us a story now and from this point forward we can have our souls minds bodies our souls minds bodies spirits free from the slavery of the struggle how by a surrender of the will the mind the body cravings and the spirit of ours to be conformed to his spirit that transforms us there are a lot of people today across all 50 states that are in prison. That's not a surprise. I've worked at two max, ultra max penitentiaries. And I have seen some of the hardest of the hardest of the worst evil people that, have ever, that you could ever imagine. But I also have seen where these, some of these men went into chapel and it was real. They will tell you what I did was evil. What I did was sin. What I did was wrong. I will never get out, but I am still a different person on the inside now, not only on the inside of where I'm at in prison, but on the inside here, and they lived it. I got a code that I had to respond to a trauma and an uprising. I had to stay back until the officers got to go in there and, and squelch it all down. I got in there, and one of those inmates had been shivved with a homemade instrument. And they were pulling the man off, and he and the guy was, uh, the man that had shipped him, they were pulling him off, and the man was screaming, I still will not deny Jesus. I may die, but I still will not deny Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, that's transformation. You want to know the rest of the story? Like Paul Harvey? He had been Involved in persecuting and in beating Christians before he went in, and his, his capital crime was capital, and we'll leave it at that. He got on the inside, and God got a hold of him, and now laying there bleeding, and I had to reach in, and we rushed him to the hospital. I literally had to reach in and hold his artery together so he would not bleed out. I will not deny Jesus. Folks, that's the transformation. He could point to the time. It was in the joint. He was in his cell. And he said, God, forgive me. And then he pointed to the time. He said, I, I, I don't want to keep struggling with all of this that I have been. I want to be new. God, fill me. Instant change. He came back from the hospital. We, they put him together after surgery. And he came back. And he said I'll never be out of here but I'm not here my residence he called it my home when I go home I'll be with Jesus ladies and gentlemen that's what I'm talking about you know you know you can know because you have a testimony of you can tell that it happened point B is this in Acts 4 19 through 20 Verse 19, but Peter and John answer them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you have to judge. Verse 20, but we cannot speak, or we cannot help but speak what we have seen and heard. You not only have a testimony that is undeniable, you have a testimony that is not deterred, that is not deterred. It's undeterred. You have a testimony of your experience that keeps you strong, that keeps you talking, that keeps you sharing, that keeps you telling. You have a testimony that your experience will not be deniable. No, but it also emboldens you. I don't know where David got it. It had to be God the Holy Spirit, but he said, Oh, God, give us boldness. Thank you. That was the leading of God. Thank you. Oh, God, give us boldness. Oh, God, give us boldness. It will embolden you when it happens. You cannot help but speak what has happened, what is in me, and who is living in me. That's the testimony I'm talking about. You have a testimony that stands the test of opposition and temptation. I will share again with you. Temptations will come. You will never leave this world. You will never be out of temptations until you leave this world. But now the temptations are not in, but they are coming at. Well, where do you get that? I'm glad you asked. Look if you would in Matthew. Jesus is in the desert. The temptations came at him. They, he still had temptations as the holy son of God to betray his lordship. I'll give you all of this if you'll just bow down and worship me. If you'll just give in this one time, you've got all of this. And he answered, N-O, no. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy because there's times when it's not. I've got to tell you, I've been dealing with worry. I'm just going to be really upfront with you. Or I've been, I don't know that it's all worry, but it's unsettlement. We still haven't had even an offer yet, and it's a great house. Even everybody has said it, but we haven't had an offer. Then I have a wife who thinks that she knows Scripture better than me. I'm kidding. And she says, you know what? And I said, what? All right, Mr. Grumpy Pants. What? Mr. Grumpy Pants. Yes, dear. It may, Chris says she may be your sister from another mystery. She says, it may be God's got a reason for it. Really? I don't know. There will be temptations to just get all fretting and worrying. I'm awake in the early hours of the morning praying about it. But what I know is that I still can have peace that transcends and takes over even the anxiety where I don't have to dwell on it 24-7. All right, 23 hours and 59 minutes, but not 24-7. You see, the testimony emboldens us. It emboldens us. And point C is this, Acts 2, 23 through 31. It's way too much to put on a PowerPoint, so I'm just going to read it. Jesus that was delivered up according to your definite plan and acknowledged of God. You crucified and you killed him by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up. Isn't that wonderful? We don't serve a dead Jesus. We serve a living, resurrected, powerful Jesus. God raised him up. The same God you crucified. Loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. He is Jesus, the son of God. For David says concerning him, who? Jesus. David says concerning Jesus, I saw the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Wow. Therefore my heart was glad, my tongue rejoiced, my flesh will also dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will, make, you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried in his tomb with, and, uh, to this day. Being therefore a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on the throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. There's a whole bunch of stuff we can write a dissertation on or whatever. Let me just share with you three thoughts. Your testimony is powerful because it strengthens you. You see, the more you live in your testimony, the more you deepen in your testimony, the stronger you become in your life with the Holy Spirit. It strengthens you. And when the temptations come, you can look back and say, I have testified, I'm not going to walk away. Your testimony strengthens you. Your testimony empowers and emboldens you. You can stand firm, you can stand strong, you can be the voice of transformation of, for, in your life, from your life, and to others. And if you were to look where it says... All of that, your testimony, if, if your need for, is more of the Holy Spirit every day. You see, we need a refilling from time to time. It's okay. We're not Jesus. We're not God. But we need him and his Holy Spirit. Get out of bed, Lord. It's going to be a tough day. I've got to go to work. I've got to encounter some strange people. I've got to to do this, 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 and this. And I look at my calendar some days and I think, there is no way I'm going to get all of this done. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need thee. Wow. And I need a new touch from you, Lord Jesus. I need you anew and afresh. Every day, every way. Ladies and gentlemen, we can... We can experience, we can know, and we can walk in the life of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Point one, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have a testimony. This is how you can know. I, you, we have a testimony about the Holy Spirit in filling us. Point two, we have the fruits of the Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we get his fruits. Galatians chapter 5 is a beautiful part of that. I want to just very briefly, because I don't want to get into the yucking of it all, but I need as a pastor to address that. In verses 19 through 22, Paul addresses what he calls the works of the flesh. Paul addresses what he calls the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 22 ah first corinthians galatians ephesians galatians i'm glad i learned the books of the bible now i know where to turn galatians chapter 5 there it is 19. now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries Dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things of the like. I warn you, as I warn you before, that who, he who does these does not inherit the kingdom of God. Oops, boy, what a, what a list. Those are the things that in some way, shape, or form, before we were saved, we dealt with. It could be envious, it could be jealousy, it could be a lot of things. Moral impurity, promiscuity, sorcery, hatreds. Dislike, deep dislike, wishing I didn't have to deal with them. That is a form of hatred biblically. Strife, jealousy, dissensions, disputes, envy, drunkenness. Why is that important? Let me share some things of why that's important. Because when it says the works of the flesh, it uses the word erga, E-R-G-A. It's something we have in us working on us, in us. But when he refers to the fruits of the spirit, it's karpos, a completely different word for a completely different meaning and a completely different transformation in the life. They're nowhere near related. Why? Because the karpos overcomes the ergos, the erga. Two different words, two different conditions of the soul and two diametrically and opposite meanings, works of self-motivated and self-fulfilling and self-living, but fruits, listen to this, Fruits are the beautiful result of that sweet aroma and sweet result of the sweet Holy Spirit in us. The holy of holiest spirits that is from the holy of holiest gods. Galatians 5, 23 through 26. Now we start there. 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, you ready? Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Wow. Wow. Let us not become deceited, provoking one another or envying one another. One is the fl- works of the flesh. The other is the fruits of the Spirit. One is evil. The other is holy. Extreme diametrical opposites, wouldn't you say? Extreme diametrical opposites. What are you saying? I'm saying you know, you can know, you can know, you can know. An old timer used to say, I'm glad I know that I know that I know. That we have the Holy Spirit not only by our testimony, but that we have the fruits of the Spirit. Love, agape, the love of God in us, to us, and from us. You see, we lay down love to others, and we lay down ourselves in love for others. Joy, the word there is chara, C-H-A-R-A, absolute delight in the Spirit, heart, soul, and life, the sweetness of life, absent of the character of opposition from and by a life that is a Spirit-filled and cannot be quenched. Peace, Irene, E-I-R-E-N-E, even in the midst of the turmoil, even in the midst of the house hasn't been sold, even in the midst of tough stuff on the job, even in the midst of family issues, even in the midst of opposition, even in the midst of when Satan is buffeting. Peace. Patience, macrothumia. Long-suffering, granting grace toward and for someone or something, even when they've done things wrong. You know what? God gave grace to me. God gave grace to you. Why can't we extend grace to someone else? Hello? Are you with me? Are you understanding? You see, there have been a lot of things that have gone on in this world, and there have been people who just simply got bitter and didn't extend grace. Let me extend something to you. Let me share something with you. Forgive us even as we forgive others. To forgive, we have to extend grace. But to extend grace, we must have had grace. Patience. Macrothumia. Kindness. Charistotis. A spirit that does not find fault, that finds good and extend generous, uh, graciousness to someone, even when they are weird. Karen and I knew someone back in the Twin Cities that every conversation, negativity, found fault with everybody. Whether it was the color of the hair or the color of the car or whatever. You know what? If you want to dye your hair purple polka dot and green, I don't care. You want to drive a car that's red, orange, green, uh, and blue, as long as it's Kentucky blue now, I don't care. I'm goofing off a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. Kindness, goodness, agathosun, and a phone that beeps. Together with patience, kindness, joy is the opposite, the opposite of the works of the flesh, being virtuous and faithfulness. the Spirit-filled person remains faithful to the Holy Spirit there's something I want to drive home with this can I do that with you as a pastor you see we don't often preach it right I'm afraid that I have to be honest with you and tell you I have not always preached it completely correctly I'm a little older now God has forgiven me I've dug in more as I get older I have preached it that we ought to seek the Holy Spirit so so we can get rid of the works of the flesh and so we are not entrapped by it. What's wrong with that? Let me just share this with you. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we can't get rid of the control of the works of the flesh. He does it. He does it. We are powerless to fight Satan. We are powerless, powerless to overcome. We pray for God, the Holy Spirit, instead to fill us. Remember the glass? (coughs) Pardon me. Remember the glass? Dumps out the water completely, washes the vessel, and then pours in brand new water. That way you don't have the residue of the worm. dumps out the works of the flesh, the carnal nature, cleanses the vessel, and then fills it new. Are we getting it? (coughs) And then when Satan comes at us, we can be like Jesus. Why? Because we are commanded and provided that we can be holy even as he is and was and still always will be holy. Get thee behind me. You may be battling or know someone who's battling something. When you get out of bed, oh God, I need your spirit today. When you face that, oh God, I need your spirit now. Get thee behind me, Satan. I was reading this week, and it said something like this. God, the Holy Spirit, does not give revival to revive and build the numbers of the church. He sends revival to revive the spirit of the soul. And from there, he builds the church. Faithfulness. It is not about the Holy Spirit in filling is not about getting rid of the carnal nature. That's what happens. He takes it over. He kicks it out. He washes you clean. He fills you. But he casts it out so that he can dwell then in with you and not have dual residence with the flesh. You can experience. You can know. And you can walk in the life of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Point one was you have a testimony. You can know that you know that you know because you have a testimony that you have received the Holy Spirit. You know that it happened. You know when it happened. You know where it happened. It's undeniable. Point two, you have the fruits. It is undeterred. It's impossible to deny it. And point three is this. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 5.48, I've quoted it, but let's do it again. Matthew 5.48, therefore you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. It is a power of God to be sinless before God, perfect in the sight of God, overcoming sin because of the Spirit of God, even as the Father is perfect because of why and who and how, because of the Holy Spirit. Romans 6.14 Sin will no longer rule over you because you are not under the law but under grace. What does that mean? Power to be free from the bondage. Power to be unshackled from the burden. Power to be away from the enslavement. Power to not be controlled. Power to not be giving in or dealing with it as strongly. And power to always overcome. This whole idea of, well, I can't help but sin. Yes, you can. And yet, no, you can't. What do you mean by that? We ourselves cannot. But when the Holy Spirit comes in and fills us, we are more than victors because of him. And we can walk in the light as he is in the light, and his fellowship we have one with another keeps us from sinning. Even in 1 John, see that you do not sin. The one who is born of God does not sin. 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph and through us diffuses the fragrance, back to the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Power to be in triumph, power to be victorious over sin, and power to be used by God to be the powerful fragrance of God, of the Holy Spirit in us. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the, other, and the ends of the earth. Power to be the miracle-spreading, message-bearing, fruit-producing, aroma-having, disciple-making person of God. And finally, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. I know I'm going fast. But I think you're getting the overall gist of it. We could stay a month of Sundays in each verse. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There it is again, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to do all things that I have commanded you, and know that I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Power to make other disciples. Power to baptize believers. Power that comes from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. His presence. Power to teach other disciples to be disciples and make more disciples. Power to live victoriously in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Power to be with, in, and part of Jesus. Power to be the passion of Jesus himself, which comes from us having the Holy Spirit of God. I am not cheating. I know what I'm doing. My wife is going to say, you are absolutely doing something you're not supposed to do in church, and she's usually right. This week, I read some, or I saw something. I'm not finding it. All right. It said something like this. And one of you, two of you, actually at least know who it was. You may have been facing some hurts in your life, and you are afraid to go to church. Come to church. We will accept you. And I'm saying this to you, but also to those on the internet, especially. You may be dealing with an addiction, alcohol, tobacco, drugs, whatever. And you are ashamed to go to church or you think no one will accept you. Let me share something with you folks. Jesus does. Come anyway. We'll just scoot over. There's an empty place beside my wife right now. She'll scoot over. You may have gone through some deep, deep, deep hurts that whatever church you went through did not understand. You may have felt persecuted. You may have felt condemned. Let me tell you something. That's not God. That's not a true church. That's people the church anyway. We'll scoot over. We'll accept you. We will work with you. We will disciple you. We will love you. You see, we can all have the purity. We can have the power. We can have the presence. We can have the testimony. We can have the fruits of Jesus if we are believers. When Satan reminds you of what you've been, tell him two things. One, one, God wiped away and erased my penalty when he forgave me. And two, remind him where he, what his end is going to be. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have dealt with things There's a sin that easily besets all of us. At one time, I was almost 350 pounds because of this. 50 inches around. Today, I'm 38 inches around. You see, all of us have a struggle. All of us have struggles, plural. But all of us, all of us, by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, have a, can have a testimony, fruits, power to walk in the Spirit, and to walk in the life. Now the Lord is that Spirit. First Corinthians or Second Corinthians three seventeen. The Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Is there? this unmistakable, undeniable acknowledgement, possession, life, this testimony, the fruits, the power that helps you overcome even when it seems almost insurmountable. Do I, do you, do we really have the Holy Spirit among us, in us, and flowing from us? Who are we working on. encountered a man this week who said, I don't care about your God. As far as I'm concerned blank him. I'm not going to repeat it. And I said, you seem very angry at God. You seem very angry at God. And he said, you're right. I'm cleaning it up, believe me. And he unfolded a story he unfolded a story that said I was young I was abused I was beaten my father abused me in the worst way and he said this is what happens and he was in supposedly a Christian home ladies and gentlemen in the congregation both here and listening that is the worst and furthest thing from Christianity. And he's angry with God even still. Well, how did you handle that? I've got to tell you, that was a tough one. I just said, you know what? I'd like to pray with you. Can I do that? And before he could say no, something told me, get at it. No, it wasn't Aldi Church of the Nazarene. It was somewhere else. But every encounter is a divine appointment by God. And I was determined to use it. And I prayed a prayer something like this. Holy Spirit, we don't know why. There is absolutely no way to explain that. But God, I just pray. I'm going to change his name you would help Joe no the God that he was talked about to is not the God that you are and the healing you can give in his life is a God of freedom the God of walking that an event happened but does not control him the God that wants to bring him close to the God of all the universe. If I can be really blunt and honest with you, I didn't know if I even ought to step back or look at him or what because he was an extremely angry man until I started praying. About that time I opened one eyeball winker, tears we pouring down his face. And he said, i got to think about this. But if I ever become a Christian, I want the God that you just talked to me about. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a power, but we also have a priority to tell people of this same Jesus that I have been speaking about because the Jesus they hear about a lot of times is not the Jesus of this book. It's not the Jesus of this book. I feel compelled to sh- that we will be looking at, and we've got to set it up, so don't tell me it's next week, because it's not a healing service. We will announce it. Kent meeting was one of the best healing messages I've ever heard Gail was there that was phenomenal wasn't it Gail and um, we'll be announcing it but I truly believe there are things in so many people's lives that they still struggle with not because of the event but because of the healing that needs to take place so that they get through it I believe God through the Holy Spirit gives us freedom and liberty and cleansing and healing of the soul, the spirit, the mind, the body, and even the emotions. I just believe it. David, would you help me? I I hadn't planned this. I need you. Come, Holy Spirit. You know it. You know it. This song, I think we all know. We've sung it for years. I want you to stand, and I want you to sing it with me. And as you sing this, I'm going to ask that you would ask Jesus and the Holy Spirit to come in a new way. Not like you've had it before, but like you had, need it now. Or that you may need it. Because he is the one that does it. If you want to pray about anything, that's fine. But I'm just going to invite you to pray this together as we sing it. David, please go ahead. Each one is thinking about I don't know how you're dealing but I do know this you're dealing and I just pray Lord that you would come into each and every heart right now that are, is dealing with stuff and is asking you to make them new that's what happens when we receive the Holy Spirit we can know that we know it and we will have a testimony that we know it because we'll get the fruits and we will and through that we will overcome the flesh then we'll have the power to get beyond the past and the past life the past pain the past issues and the past sins one more time please david help me please come, come holy spirit
0: i need thee
1: your presence with your spirit and let us go forward in the presence the power the fruits and the testimony that we have been with you and all God's people said amen you are dismissed
0: thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast we hope you are inspired by this week's message we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.